Mr. Michal Martin, you fucking trash bag, you fucking... You Roose Bolton-looking motherfucker. Yeah, you fucking wanker. You have stolen my future, you wanker. <laughs> you have stolen my dreams, you fucking wanker, man. You fucking piece of shit, bro. <laughs> Michal Martin and you, you fucking vocal tarnish the Leo Bradker. You fucking trash bag, man. Golf at your fucking golf tournament. Yeah, um, it's meant to be gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. Well, I didn't see any gentlemen there. <laughs> All I saw is a bloody bin liner uh, conference <laughs> at uh, bloody Galway races or whatever it happens. I'm just saying, this doll, Aaron, man, that bloody doll, you know what it is? It's like bloody home farm, man. It's like not the football club, but an actual bloody pigsty, man. If this was a fucking Orwellian uh, uh, a novel, it wouldn't be 1984. It'd be bloody fucking uh, the farm one, Animal Farm. These guys are bloody, bloody. <laughs> Let me tell you something else, Mr. Fucking Michal Martin. You might be a peer of uh, Tony Cowell. I know you famously record in the, uh, the, the podcast studios there, but... Um, that's where the peerage ends, man, because he's a... You, fuck, you want to say four legs good, two legs bad, but you're just a fucking bad man. You know? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, the bloody doll. Oh, my God. Do you know what they should call it instead? Instead of the bloody doll, they should call it the bloody dog because a woof is that a shite doll. <laughs> I love my satire. I think, I actually think my satire is as good as Atten Out There. As the bloody onion. Nah, I'm going to get to the Gary and let that one slide. I, you know. Because what, like, what else? It's just, I can either do it where I'm like, you know, more like the 30 turd doll. You know why they call it the 30 turd doll? Because it's full of. Full of shitheads, man. Doll. Uh, can call you. Can everyone stop farting? Both that's what we are. We're shits. You know, that's as fucking highbrow as I am willing to go. Um, so don't mind them. Look, I, 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 I've actually started. I've actually started. Uh, did somebody say sharted? Oh my god, Michal Martin, sharted again. My son sharts quite a lot now. Um, they're shitty farts. Um. Am I am I at the level now where it's like um, comedian goes off on the doll, and then people say like take this verbatim, you know, likened it to uh, <laughs> Mr. Cantwell uh, with uh, having provided no reference, uh, claimed that this was called the called the thirty third doll um, because it's a turdy turd where where everyone's a shit. I find no evidence for this, and in fact, I dispute Mr. Campbell's claims, and I'm uh, considering legal action. You know, is that, is that, you know, I'm only messing. I'm a satirist now as well. I'm a satirist as well. Um, you can add that to Tony Campbell wiki. Uh, but I've, I've started, started this on the wrong, um, on the wrong foot. I basically, I'm trying to be clean. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Not be in any way more, you know, 
you know, uh, educated <laughs> or, you know, um, or uh, eloquent or anything like that. And by the way, we are not editing this. This is fucking raw today. So I'm not, ed- literally, I'm not editing this. I'm honestly not editing this. This is going like, yeah, yeah, no. So there might be a couple of me sounding like I'm twiddling my bloody thumbs. And this is the point that I want to make. I'm going clean, guys. I'm going clean. I'm going clean. I'm getting off the hard stuff. Swearing, right? I am I am going how am I supposed to be the Irish entry? And I'm not talking about bloody Georgia Salpas. And I'm, I'm not talking about this what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that. How am I supposed to be Ireland's entry winner host of the Eurovision Song Contest if I can't keep me me bloody arse wiped? Do you know what I mean? So I'm going clean. Uh I it's a new corporate the uh, corporate Cantwell, right? I'm going corporate now, right? And I'm going. This is all by by the book, right? And I'm going to be mainstream, broad, but not broad humored. So I'm going. I'm going for it all. And it, part of that is me cleaning up, being squeaky clean, uh, so I'm not swearing anymore, right? So consider whatever that uh, scathing political satire you just heard there uh, the end of the smut. And I will not be swearing for the rest of this podcast. And in line with this new corporate image for the pod, I have decided to rename this podcast. You might have already seen it, if you haven't seen already. I'm changing the name, guys. This was obviously known for a while. And pardon my swear here when I say this was known for a while as Tony Cantwell Shit Show. Well, now, are you ready? Can we get a bit of music, please? From here on in... To be as broad and as accessible as possible. To have, to be, to be castrated of my smut. But Jesus help me. This podcast will hereby be known and more algorithm accessible as Tony Cantwell's Hit Show. Tony Cantwell's Hit Show. Tony Cantwell's Hit Show. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So this is the new podcast, Tony Campbell's Shit Show. Um, Tony Campbell's Shit Show is the name of this podcast officially. It's Tony Campbell's Shit Show. Uh, Tony Campbell's Shit Show. Um, so that's it going forward, guys. You know, I mean, you can still call it by the old name if you'd like. Whatever. Look, it's no big deal. I basically moved one letter over and a little apostrophe. Um, you can call it whatever you like. You know, I'll still be, I'll, you know, I'll be calling it its new name, Tony Campbell's Shit Show. Tony Campbell's Shit Show. Tony Campbell's Shit Show. You know, but in terms of what it's actually titled... Uh, and going out on the algorithms, you know, so it can maybe pop up on the front page of, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, and maybe I can promote it in the future. It'll be Tony Campbell's hit show. But, you know, we really know. But we really know why it Um So that's the new pod. That's the new, this, is, this, this has been the pageantry. This has been the pageantry of the introduction of the new. And look, this, it, you know, if you want to call it a rebrand, look, I've always been a guy... I've always, you know, I've they've been they've called me the Madonna of Facebook comedians in the way I come back and I rebrand. Sometimes I'm, I have a mustache, sometimes I've, uh, I have a beard. Um, haven't had my hair cut in a while, you know. Well, not like short, you know. I don't know what fucking talking about. I'm bound notice. I shouldn't have sworn there. This is what I'm talking about. I'm not doing it anymore. Swear jar. There you are. One coin in the swear jar. Um. So listen, come here to me. Thanks very much for being here. You know I love you. You know I fancy you. I will also say, um. Uh, this podcast is entirely for sale uh, with its new squeaky clean image. 
So if you want, you know, I can do whatever you want to do, uh, like baby wipes or whatever, water wipes, if you want to, you know, sponsor here, uh, Liga or whatever, you know, I've got a child. This is a, this is a family podcast now. Um, so if you want to start sponsoring Liga, um, mm, tastes, I was going to, doesn't taste, I won't talk about it. I'm getting out of this. But if you want to sponsor, you know, let me know. It's got to be family-friendly, though, aligned with my new family-friendly, family-man uh, image in Tony Cantwell's hit show. So there, that's the, that's the announcement everyone's been asking me. People have been stopping me in the street saying, Tony, what is the name of your new podcast? I'm like, guys, you're just going to have to wait and see when you open up the app on Tuesday morning, right? That's just the fact of the matter. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, so look, for this pod, uh, I watched a show called Love on the Spectrum. A Netflix show, a Netflix documentary, not a trashy, um, you know, love at first sight or love is blind or that other stupid one where they couldn't get the ride. Oh, not having a go, not having a go. You'd, I mean, they, they cut it well, they cut it well. Um, but this was actually a very interesting and uh, very educational insight into the world of autism and trying to build relationships um, and not played for in any kind of thing other than uh, expanding our own understanding of the autism spectrum. So it was fascinating to understand. And the characters were gas. They were gas. They were very funny people. So uh, I'm going to talk about that. So you have that to look forward to, as well as probably, I don't know, whatever, whatever comes off the top of the dome. Uh, you know, broad family humor here on Tony Cantwell's Hit Show. Ah, lovely stuff there. Lovely Ah, the French champagne. Ah, lovely stuff there. The same classic theme song for the new, improved, family-friendly, I'm a family man, sponsored by Liga. Mmm, tastes like shit. Um, uh, um, no illegalities. Look, there should be no more alluding to... Uh, 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 piracy, online piracy. There shall be no alluding to uh, marijuana use. There shall be no silly Billy Siggies here. There shall be none of this carry on on the new Tony Cantwell's shit show. Tony Cantwell's hit show. You know, um, we're going, we're going, we're going family friendly here. People have been stopping me on the street. They've been saying, "Hey, Four Eyes, uh, what's the name of your new show? You bloody muppet." And I said, listen, man, I'm just moving on a bloody apostrophe over, right? Chill, right? This is no, you don't want to, I don't want to mess too much with a classic, right? This is just like the new BMW logo. This is just the new whatever, you know, moving on a bloody apostrophe over. Apostrophe. What a, what a poncy. What a poncy way of calling it a, blo- a blo- you know, I swear, a fucking duh. Sore apostrophe, don't you mean a fucking duh? That's all a fucking is, apostrophe. I'm not swearing too much. But anyway, um, but this we're going for. Look, I'm like I'm only doing a bit. I'm only doing a bit of a gag, right? I just thought with the algorithms, I've been able to market this out to a, um, you know, I'm not, you know, you know see, I, 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 you, once you once you're on board in here in the podcast, you know, I can let the bloody effing and blind and you know the C wards go mad, you know. Um, speaking of which, fuck the boats. Um, I see wards uh, go mad, but uh, outside. On the actual product itself, I think I needed to do a Mark Marin, you know, of changing it to WTF. And then when you go into it, it's what the fuck. Do you know what I mean? 
Do you know what I mean? So hopefully you appreciate the move of the apostrophe S to in the hit show. Um, so come here. Um, I've been watching a couple of things. I had a couple of things recommended to me. Thank you very much. And please do recommend more things to me. Um, one thing what I'm not going to talk about in too, in too much detail, but I will highly recommend you check out. This was recommended to me to my friend, my peer, Alison Spittle. Is it Louis Walsh or Bonnie Heat the Horn for? Let's find out. And Tony's name drop corner. Here we go. So Alison Spittle's my friend. Is it Louis Walsh? Um, uh, she recommended this show called LOL Australia. And this show, is, uh, it stands for uh, Last One Laughing. It is a show hosted by Rebel Wilson where you get eight comedians, eight very, very funny and very likable, which is a good thing, which is which I wasn't expecting. Eight likable comedians in a house for essentially the day. And they're there locked in the house for the day with all their props, with all their jokes, with anything they want to do and have to make each other laugh and the last one to laugh they're not allowed to laugh is the point so the last one who actually does finally crack whether it's out of just a like, <clears throat> and they laugh or a smile or they laugh at their own joke which happens sometimes um or uh it could just be from pure exhaustion because it, it it gets insane but like it gets it gets like kinga level insane from big brother when kinga was on big brother it gets shabnab level insane but in a good way because you want like they have to go insane like they they go out of absolute desperation to make the others laugh you know i think some people might watch it and you know people who people who absolutely despise improv might be like you're trying a bit hard there but people who actually like anyone even trying to be funny who um who are actually comfortable i think i think i think comedy and sexuality going to go hand in hand where people are just so uncom so not comfortable with their own sexuality that they're like Ugh! Some people also not comfortable with their own comedy, comedy, comedy. Uh, might see people trying to be funny and are like, Ugh. and I, th I think I think it comes from the same kind of reaction, you know. Are you com comophobic? You're fucking co you're comophobic. You just don't want to hire a man who will laugh. But anyway, there's something there. I'll work on it. I'll come back with a polished bit on this next week about the, the similarities between sexuality and comedy. But I highly recommend you check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, Tony, another bloody Amazon Prime. You might have seen a bit of SponCon today on my SponCon uh, yeah, uh, on uh, my Instagram today. Um, did a bit of SponCon for Amazon Prime for their new show, The Boys, um, which I was like, hey, I use Amazon Prime. I have Amazon Prime. I have Netflix. Um, you know, I have Spotify. You know, I use these things. I would have very happily talk about them ad nauseum. Um, but, you know, they're not paying me to say about this, uh, LOL. But I highly recommend you check it out. Either check it out on there or maybe maybe there's, a, maybe there's a dirty link online. Maybe there's a daily motion link online. Um, I used to be the Mac Daddy of finding dirty links online. The, 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 the whole landscape has changed, right? The whole landscape has changed for finding streaming links online. You know what I mean? You know, you can't get like tvvideos.org or any of that crap now. You know, I don't even know what the link is anymore. And that was that was like, there's not much. I don't go to the gym. I am not very fast. Um, I have an okay body. I'm genetically gifted in that I have a broad chest and that hides a lot of my gut. Um, but if there's anything I could flex, some semblance of, or even my perception of of masculinity, it would be finding it was. Finding links online for a show, whether it's, I don't know, whatever we would have watched in Game of Thrones season one and find the link online. Do you know what I mean? Just, you know, we'd be there. Oh, the glory. Me and Terry, we just, 
we just sit in bed we'd order like a a dirty chicken from the ch- like proper chicken shop chicken on just eat stay in bed and i'd be finding link after link they'd go they'd die i'd have another one ready she would just be like this absolute specimen this provider look at what he's done for me you know um and now it's all bloody. I don't know anymore what the landscape's like anymore. Anyway, what am I talking about? How are you? How are you doing? Oh, what's the thought I'm talking about? I'm talking about another show. So I watched another show. And this is a show I highly recommend. This was a show recommended to me. This was a show recommended to me on either the... Um, actually, it was recommended on the Patreon. It was also recommended on Instagram. Um, as good, wholesome fun. Uh, this is a show called Love on the Spectrum. And I know I was thinking, you know, Netflix dating show. I was expecting they better not put... They better not fucking put eight... Um, people on the autism spectrum in a big brother house and just fucking hope for the best you know and i was like oh is it gonna be something like that like i haven't seen undateables but i've i've seen i've seen like on like undateables i think i've not seen uh, too much but like i i know it comes from a good place and you know it's full of heart and it kind of goes into actually i don't know any of that i actually don't know any of that i'm assuming that because you know it's i haven't seen it criticized much online but i do see some people kind of, you know, whether it be on TikTok or whether it be on Instagram, you know, memeing things from taking things out of context, like Undateables or 90 Day Fiance or stuff like that. And it's like, now you're kind of, it's getting into bullyish material. You know what I mean? So I was hesitant um, with this show. But I did hear it's good, wholesome fun. And you know what it turned out to be? This is a show, it's a documentary. And I'd say the main highlight of this is trying to properly understand it. There's a guy behind the camera. It's the same guy as well, this guy called Keen. And they're always like, they're, when they talk to the camera, they say, Keen, is this all right? Keen, what should I do now? Keen, can I take a break? And it's all done with incredible care uh, and understanding. And, and, and with the... With the with the interest of understanding more, there's relationship experts who work specifically with people um, on the on the spectrum. And it was really interesting. And a lot of people are very fucking funny in it. They're very fucking funny. Um, it's rated very highly on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got, it's got percentages coming out the wazoo. And it totally uh, opened my mind to, I suppose, how vast the spectrum of autism is. Um... And I suppose, to be perfectly honest, uh, how, I suppose just, yeah, how vast, you know, how how debilitating it can be for some people. And there are some people who really, in terms of even communicating or social cues, they are not picking up on, on most things. You know, it, it almost seems in some capacity that they're repeating what they have been told. Um, some, some, some people who are on it... Um, seem to like I find it very very difficult to make connections or even talk to someone else um, and there's other people who um you know who would be would be very difficult for you to differentiate them uh, with someone who wasn't on the spectrum you know um and it was fascinating to see so I watched it and I highly recommend you watch it and I'm gonna go through it now one of my patented uh reviews of a show um so this show right uh, it introduced this episode one's introducing you in in general it's introducing you to to a, a couple of new people every episode um and the whole idea is that there are some people who are single looking for love and there are some people who have found love with other people who are on the spectrum and what those relationships uh, look like how they blossom 
how to go to the next step. Um, so first off, Michael. And I'm going to throw this out there now. Michael was my number one boy. Michael, to me, was one of the funnier, one of the funniest guys I've seen. One of the funniest guys I've seen this year. Michael, um, he says, and it's all Australian. It's an Australian show. Uh, he's 25. His first thing he says is, my greatest dream in life is to become a husband. You know? And I looked at Terry being like, fucking, fucking. Ah, yeah. Good, good, good man. Good man. But, um, you know. Some dreams should stay. Uh, no, no, no. Look, it's great. You know, it actually, to be perfectly honest, you know, and I definitely think with 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 the boy, um, you know, I've said this before. Me and Terry, you know, having having a baby and the relationship with your partner, it can kind of real for us anyway. It's like we look at each other on a Sunday, and it's like a whole music festival has gone by, and we haven't seen each other, and we're like, oh, there you are. What's the crack? How was your weekend? You know what I mean? We literally like in tandem the whole time. Sometimes not necessarily been able to see through the shit and piss um and crying uh so it did make me kind of think that how how much people want this connection how grateful here am i doing this how grateful i am for my connection that i have but we'll get on to that his greatest dream in life has become a husband i think he needs to like it's grand um in his room he's got a pickle rick hey pickle rick which was such a funny bit in Rick and Morty. It is so like, you know, just gets, just gets adopted by. Actually, I don't even know. I don't hate people who like pickle. I, you know, I'm just totally getting on side. I think pickle Rick's great, and if people want to show pickle Rick, they should show pickle Rick. I am now totally regurgitating someone else's opinion that I think I heard, where they're like, "Oh, people are into pickle Rick," or you know, the Rick and Morty fans are the worst fans. I have never seen any of that. I am totally regurgitating someone else's opinion there. So I'm going to call that in now. Who's this new character? Who's this new character in my brain? Someone who's being brutally honest about... Um, maybe is that Momoa? I don't know. I don't know who that one was. Um, anyway, he says, these are my love ducks. He bought love ducks. And it's love ducks of a similar thing where it's like when you point them in a certain direction... I think I'm going to New Zealand now. When you point them in a certain direction, um, it is in the direction of love or something like that. You got scammed, Michael. You got scammed. They shouldn't be taken advantage. Um, he says he made a plaque for uh, the love ducks uh, for when he has love. I, oh, I think they face outwards when he's looking for love, and then when he gets love, they're going to face in at each other. Uh, he made a plaque out of wood five years ago for his wife, Um there's a bit of a montage getting to know getting to know Michael. We see him wearing a fedora. This is a guy who, like, yes, absolutely on the fedora. He is adopting the holiday lifestyle at home now, being his best self. He meets his brother. We meet his brother. His brother's a lovely guy, but he compares himself to his brother, which is going to be quite difficult for himself, given that his brother is not on the spectrum, that Michael is on the spectrum. And Michael says, probably the funniest line in the whole show, he's like, my brother Adam is like a fresh cut of meat from God while I'm a double scoop of dog shit. <laughs> I was like, that's some fucking... That's a funny gag. You're a funny guy, Michael. Um, and he says as well, a lot of women want men for intercourse and a lot of them want a sugar daddy. Hey, look, and I know, look. I got trapped. I bloody got trapped by one. You know, my, my wife in her very secure job was like, I need to get with this artist the struggling artist um 
Next up, we meet Chloe. Chloe is partially deaf. She is a florist. Um, she's a very cute, she's a very cute um woman. <laughs> I'm not having, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, she's a very cute woman. You know, <laughs> she's cute. She's cute. Um, she is partially deaf. She was diagnosed at eleven, and this is the first time in this that highlighted the fact of the. I mean, I don't know if it works out on if it's some, basically a lot of women are, are are not diagnosed until very late in life. I mean, even even um, Eva Dooley, Eva Dooley, uh, very funny comedian, incredible artist. You, you know, she's written the book My, Your One Nikita, uh, did the cartoon for RTE. You know, she's a Vodafone comedy uh, festival performing comedian. Very, very funny. Uh, I've done a few things with her. She was only diagnosed recently at 28. At 28. And I saw her stories on Instagram, and it was like being diagnosed meant everything. The fact that, you know, it, it, it put a, a diagnosis on so many things she'd been going through. And she's written loads of stuff about it, um, and she's done fantastic illustrations to explain the attributes of her of, of uh, and the scale uh, of her of, of her autism. So I would totally uh, totally recommend you check them out uh, online. Um, Chloe just wants to hold hands and kiss. She just wants hand holding and kissing, and to talk to people about Marvel and comics and anime. You know, like what we all want, don't we all, Chloe? I remember personally having a weird. Little, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it an identity crisis. It was more of a kind of like a little strop that I had on like a Monday or Tuesday, probably a Tuesday. I don't think I had much serotonin. This was years back, right? Um, I remember having a strop with Terry being like, I just feel like with most of my friends, I can't talk about like Spider-Man. I feel like we're, everyone's talking about their career and mortgages and all. And I'm all talking about Spider-Man, you know? And she's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You can talk like, that's all you fucking talk about with people, you know? I think th- things were feeling a bit real. Do you know what I mean? Things were feeling a bit real. And I'm like, I just want to go back to the shed. I just want to go back to the shed, chat shy about who the best Spider-Man is. You know what I mean? Um, and um, so I totally agree with you, Chloe. Um, Chloe doesn't want, um, she doesn't want beans touching. She says to her dad, I don't want the beans touching. I don't want them touching against anything else. They have to be. Doing the old Alan Partridge, you know, putting the sausages in between a bit of a breakwater for the beans. Um, she she was uh, dumped because um, uh, she was dumped by the last fella she was with because of her autism. Because of her autism, just because he found out that she was autistic. This motherfucker, right? And as well as that, in her old gaff when she was living in England, she said the English people bullied her. I feel like I'm connecting with you more and more, Chloe. When I worked in sales, you can take a shot. They used to say potato, potato, potato to me. So I totally know what you're saying. Um, they have a lovely gaff. Australia, to be fair, the big takeaway from this is Australia looks class. All the mas are absolute. All the mas in this are absolute dampy, 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 dampy. They're very attractive uh, older women. And they and they look like they haven't aged. They look incredible. Like some of these people are almost my age, and the Maz, you know, look great. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, they've a little gap. Her best mate Brody has Down syndrome, and they seem like they got a great. They just seem like, and she's like, "Oh, we get up to sort of like mischief," and they they fucking do. They really do. They go. They're out having a cafe. They go straight over to the lads. Uh, they're just like grabbing the lads, like, hey, you, and then running away and laughing at the lads. They're just going over to a bunch of lads laughing at the lads. 
these lads who are you're not you know necessarily from what we can see um, living with any kind of you know disability or anything like that, they're going over to them. Brody goes straight over, being hey, what's going on, and then runs away laughing at the lads, and the lads you know you know they don't they don't seem to give a fuck. It was great. Um, next we meet Ruth. Ruth is twenty two. She has a baby snake called Cleopatra. She says her ideal partner is a blondie who's cuddly. And then Tom comes over, the blondie. And Tom looks like he's straight out of fucking, straight out of Hobbiton. Straight out of Hobbiton. To be fair, the two of them look like they're straight out of Hobbiton. They're a match made in heaven. Tom comes over. He says, she's got a killer body and that's really sexy. I really like it. I really like her body. It's really sexy. She's like spicy tikka masala and I'm like mango chicken. And then, uh, and then, and then, uh, (laughs) no, I think she, yeah, she says he says she's she's like spicy tikka masala, and I'm mango chicken. I'm a bit like milder, and then he goes, "We're like fire and water, and when that when they come together, things get steamy." <laughs> and then Ruth goes, "That is so naughty," and then he goes, "So deadpan, yes, it is." Fucking kills it. She collects business cards. I used to collect bottle caps because my idol was Bert of Bert and Ernie fame, so I used to collect bottle caps. So Ruth. I totally know what you're coming, where you're coming from um, with that. Um, he's into trains. I don't get that. I do not get the train thing. I do not get, you know, you know, because there's there's an affinity, I think, with other people who, uh, from what I've seen, some people on the spectrum, I think maybe like the the order. This is totally me pulling this out of my fucking hoop, but you know, there are pe- some people who. You know, you know the whole thing of like people who are mad at the trains and the kind of, I mean, it sometimes uses some sort of like derogatory thing of like you know people who are into trains, you know, um, but I don't get it. Anyway, he's he's now a bus driver, you know, um, and but he's but you know as as a, you know he couldn't quite you know get into the trains, but the the closest thing to that was being was being a bus driver. He seems like a lovely jolly bus bus driver, you know, not like my bus driver the twenty nine A who used to tell me you know, you know. Speak up, speak up, you know. This guy seems like a nice guy. Um, but I don't get I don't get the trains thing. Is it the logic of it all, you know? Is it just the order? I mean, there's a lot of things going on with lifting bridges and lights and making sure trains are on time, you know. Um, I tell you, I'd love to get... Tom, come over to Dublin. Let me get your two cents on the dart. I reckon you'd go fucking apeshit. I reckon you would lose it if you saw what the dart was like. I reckon you would probably weep uh, if you saw what the dart was like. Anyway, he's sitting in his garden and he goes, a garden is an idea of heaven and his heaven is his outdoor train set in his garden, which you can have in Australia because it's so lovely. Um, Michael, the first guy who says he is a double scoop of dog shit, uh, says he doesn't want anyone loud, gothic, or acts like they're in high school. Okay, He's got his set parameters of what he's after. He doesn't like tomboys either. He says, I want to get my woman a crown as she will be my queen, per se, he says. I think, he says he doesn't want kids because he wants to be rich. Look, I fucking <laughs> Although currently the fella's, you know, because he's uh, he's he's nursing, we haven't paid fuck all. We haven't, uh, fuck all! I haven't spent a dime on the boy. I really, you know. There was a couple of things with the pram and stuff like that, but, you know, it's like Japan, you know. It's cheaper than they say. You know, having a baby is like it's like traveling to Japan. It's cheaper than they they say it is. Um, 
But I will say as well, Michael, saying you want to get this bird a crown straight away and, and treat her like a queen, you know, just just wait till you see her. Do you want to wait, you know, and maybe let, you know, it's it's like Ryan Gosling hanging from the Ferris wheel, you know. If it's done in a charming way or if you're, you know, just be just just play cool. Do you know what I mean? Like when, you know, like say you, like you made like he made this uh, this plaque five years ago to put his love ducks on her for, for him and his partner. You know, um, maybe, you know, when can you bring that up? Do you know what I mean? I made this five years ago for you, you know. Um, you might just have to be played a bit cool. You just might just have to play it a bit cool. Be like, hey, just I made this thing. Like it's no big deal. It's just kind of a, you know, it's it's you know how do you do? When can you do these bag big grand gestures without people being scared? So just be careful. Anyway, then we meet Jody Rogers, who is an adult relationship counselor. This woman is doing the Lord's work. She totally gets entirely, and you really see the very the people who are on varying uh, ends of the spectrum, um, and how competent she is at explaining through visual medium how people communicate in visual cues. She's very impressive. Um, but Michael doesn't necessarily need that work. He can read motherfuckers. He can read people's faces. He knows people. He, he's got a very good understanding of, of, of um, recognizing emotions, tone of voice, and everything. Uh, and he says about his parents, and, they, and to be fair, all the parents in this are absolutely remarkable human beings. But these parents in particular, he goes, they haven't done everything uh, but they've done plenty, and that is adequate. Um, and he also just says out of nowhere, never fall for a girl just because she's hot. So he's got a couple of good rules. He's got a couple of good rules. Anyway, so Chloe is going out on a date, and she is looking stunning, shall we say. This is Chloe, who is partially deaf, uh, the florist. She is going out on a date, and she looks great. Uh, she is going on a date with Marcus. Marcus... Um, you know he's a he's a dark guy. He looks mixed mixed race. Uh, he likes drums, watching sunsets. He hates um, he hates the feeling of flip flops. So likes drums and sunsets. Hates flip flip flops. He's a handsome guy. So we see her on a date, um, and um, and it's good. And 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 we find that basically they're trying to find shared shared interests. That seems to be the core of all these dates: is ha- how to ask questions, ask people more things. Yes, ending essentially just to keep conversation going and making it broader and broader and getting people talking about the same topic that they want to talk about. But Chloe doesn't seem to need much help with that. She is just so engaged and interested uh, in what Marcus has to say. Now it's his first day ever, and he 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 lays it on. Um, he lays it on a bit thick. Now he lays it on lays it on a bit thick. He says he's like, I thought I, I thought I was gay and I watched gay porn, um, but then I didn't like it. And she goes, oh, okay. And he goes, I like Asians. Um, and she's like, all right, yeah. And she goes, I'm not Asian. And he goes, and Mexicans. And um, and Mexicans, like, you know, do they not, what are they, you know, just Mexicans, just Mexicans, you know, if they're South American, I'm not open to Latinos here. It is exclusively Asians and Mexicans. Um, so she counters with, Perfect question. Who's your favorite Spider-Man? And she gives a nuanced answer to this. Um, he says his favorite is Tobey Maguire. Mm, I mean, I'd, I'd run there. You know, I'd run there, to be perfectly honest. He did his best, and Spider-Man 2 was probably the second best Spider-Man. 
I'd say, in my imho. Um, can I say, can I actually say Homecoming's the best Spider-Man? No, actually, no, Spider-Man 2's the best Spider-Man. Yeah, there you are. It is. It gets Spider-Man the best. Um, and um, so her, her um, his was Tobey Maguire. Hers was Andrew Garfield. And to be fair, he did do a good Spider-Man. He was shafted. He was shafted. It was just the wrong time, you know. And then she says, Tom, and Tom Holland's like a kid, you know. Um, and he's just he's just eating salad with his hands. And uh, she's just not, she's not feeling it. She's not feeling it. Uh, her takeaway from this whole thing was, this guy basically rocked up, ate salad with his hands, uh, said he watched gay porn, wasn't into it, found out from that he likes Asians and Mexicans, neither of which she is. She's like, I think I'm into girls. So uh, she decides she's going to double down on the whole bi thing. I want to see a girl next. We go back to Ruth and Tom, straight from Hobbiton. And they are more than in love, they say. They say, are you in love? They say, we are more than in love. He's a bus driver. We see him on his bus. Um, he says, you know, oh, bit of a bummer. I can't drive a train. But this is the closest thing to it. And then we actually see a clip of when he proposes to her. He proposes when she gets on the bus. He's wearing his regular clothes and has written on the bus, uh, Ruth, will you marry me? And she says yes. She is absolutely ecstatic. They are a match made in heaven. We go back to Michael. Michael, the double scoop of dog shit. He says, I don't want anyone too beautiful. Um, so he's on a date. He's on this kind of um, this uh, kind of speed dating thing. Uh, he's chatting to one girl. She's like, I'm kind of sporty. And previously he had said, I don't like anyone who's a tomboy. So he goes for clarification. He says, would you consider yourself a tomboy? And she goes, yes. And his eyes just go, oh. And he checks out. I find a lot of the time people are, you know, sometimes... Uh, concentration is being tough to kind of maintain in all this uh he he's very good of everyone i've seen on this show at hiding it but he does have a kind of tell which is holding his head in his hands but he's still better than most people and been able to hide it at one point he's like right enough of this has anyone seen spongebob and then everyone it just the table fucking blows up with people doing spongebob quotes and they're loving it and finally the conversation's been lifted he's do he does it mm, that's not great but he knows the lines. Better than I'd know about The Simpsons, as I said in previous episodes, how ashamed I am that I don't really know my quotes down as much as I used to. Um, so he's chatting to one girl, Carly, um, and, you know, it's nice and stuff, but, you know, she starts talking about her finance job, um, and it's just Michael, you know, I, I kind of lost a bit of interest. She seems nice. I lost interest. Michael loses interest. Um, but then Amanda comes along, and I'm like, oh, no. She's a bit gothic. He doesn't want anyone gothic, right? Probably wouldn't. Oh, he wouldn't want to see pictures of me back in the day. Oh, God, he'd run for the hills. But she's a bit gothic. But then she says she collects toys, one of his interests, and his face, you can see it light up. And she says how old she is. And it's 21 from back when this was shot, 21. And he goes, so you were born in 1997. That means that's the same year Men in Black was released. Love it. Love it. I want to go on a date with you, Michael. And he asks to meet her again, and they do. Right. Next up to um, Tom and Ruth. So Tom at this point now is showing me up. And actually, to be fair, a lot of these lads are showing me up. They keep doing these big, grand gestures for their girlfriends or their wives. And, like, Tom basically brings uh, Ruth out on this uh, uh, classic uh, 1930s Bentley out to this bay. 
They sit, there's a picnic in the bay. It's candlelit. Everything's organized. They're just sitting there. And Terry's like, he's an amazing husband. And I just looked, and she looked over me and like, I had taken my jeans off because I was too hot. You know, I, I do that a lot now. I'm coming in. The first thing I'm doing is taking my jeans off. I'm just walking around. My boxers, you know, wearing a little vest. I look like fucking two scoops of dog shit. And then he's there being like, I love you, Ruth. You're really, you're a really amazing person. Um, So I look so fucking Tom. Jack it in. Stop showing me up. And this would not be the last time I get shown up by one of these lads. Um, These lads in this show is what I'm saying. Not, you know. Um, So then we go to Chloe. She is now on a date with her woman. This, she's on a date with Lotus. Lotus is also bi. Lotus has short hair. She loves drag. She loves parrots. Um, they're both into anime. Lotus was only diagnosed at 20. And she looks like she's very, very uh, shy. You know, um, they go sunflower picking. They're both into anime. Chloe seems really cool. Chloe just seems cool and confident with everyone she's going on a date with. Lotus is a little bit shy. Um, a bit shaky and stuff like that. They seem really nervous, but they both decide that they like each other and they want to see each other again. But Lotus seems, and this is just so, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's some sort of sexism to it. I imagine there's different symptoms show with different people, but it just, Lotus would have been like in her 20s diagnosed and thought that there was something personally in her decision-making within her control that was making her like this, you know, was making her this shy or this difficult to, 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 um, or, or, or as ch- making it as challenging to communicate. Um, and you know, your heart just fucking breaks for her. Your heart just fucking breaks for her. But it's looking happy now because she's going on a date with Chloe. Um, Michael, um, Michael is going on a date with Amanda. And Michael says, don't forget to smell the flowers, you know. He says, uh, an A-plus partner looks like me. And he does the old two thumbs thing. Um, in a very cute move, his older brother, who looks like he's a hunk of meat sculpted from God, uh, very cutely gives him some really whopper advice. He says, these are the sort of cues you need to look out for. If their eyes widen, if they lean in forward, if they if they seem to be focused in, they're interested in what you're saying, if they seem to be kind of sitting back, if they seem to kind of be uninterested, like these are the keys for someone who's interested and someone who's uninterested. Lovely stuff, lovely little touch. He's a solid gold brother. Then it leaves on a cliffhanger and we go into episode two. He's at the date and the date hasn't arrived yet. Episode two, Amanda shows up. Amanda, you might remember, is into toys. She is into anime. Uh, he helps her to his to her seat. You know, but the conversation is just falling to a standstill. This is who he met in the speed dating, but now the conversation is just, it's just, uh, he's nervous. She's nervous. It's going really tough. She's into cosplay. He's trying to keep the conversation going, but every time it starts, it seems to be stalling. And none of this looks like it has anything to do with either of these two being, you know, finding communication difficult because they're on the spectrum. It just looks like an awkward date. It just looks like any kind of standard um, the awkward date for someone who wouldn't necessarily be, be, be on the spectrum um, but Amanda has to take a break it is a bit too much she has to take a bit of a break it's very formal and he brings her to the door it was just too much and to be perfectly honest I think there's a lot of people who, who kind of have these kind of experiences and they don't give themselves the, the break to be like look if it's going a bit much or if it's a bit intense you know and there's a lot of tips just for general life just I need to excuse myself go to the bathroom give yourself a breather you know, especially now, I can only imagine how challenging it is for people, you know, starting to date now who maybe have met on Instagram and been chatting and then they meet up and they don't have that buffer zone of a couple of seconds to think about what to say 
just food for thought. Anyway, then we meet Maddie. Maddie is into video games. Uh, she's into books. She's into animals. Um, she is. Uh, she looks quite tall. She's got a kind of short bob. Um, she says her ideal partner is tall, muscular, and rich. And she's fucking not joking. She's like dead right. She's like, I will not settle for anything less than that. Um, she. They go to a super, a community superhero disco. She goes as Batgirl. Um, the mask wasn't great. But I give the rest of the costume an 8 out of 10. Uh, her mom actually taught her social skills. Um, Maddie seems, I don't want to say advanced. I don't want to have any kind of hierarchy here. But she does seem like um, very competent to communicate. Very good understanding for, you know, uh, picking up on kind of social skills. And it turns out her mom taught her everything. It seems like her mom really put in a lot of work. Seems like an incredible woman. Her mom is also an f- absolute um, attractive woman. Um so at the superhero disco, she meets Sean. Sean looks like something out of fucking Calvin Klein. Like he like big, tall, leather jacket. Um, but he his seems very difficult to communicate. He's like, yes, yes, no, no. Uh, and he doesn't to be fair, he doesn't seem like he knows how to handle Maddie. Maddie seems to be like a chat machine. He doesn't know how to handle it. He like Maddie cracks jokes and she and he doesn't seem to be able to, you know. Um, he's a bit of a Drax the Destroyer kind of vibe off this guy. Um, she leaves him and it's like, fuck this, I'm starting a fucking conga line. Gets all the other superheroes behind her from the conga line. And then we meet Calvin. And Calvin, Calvin's 21. Calvin broke my heart. This whole thing broke my heart, right? Because Calvin seems like he hasn't really had much communication with anyone other than his single dad, David, who seems either first or generation or second generation Chinese. Um, Seems to be only really like David seems quite quiet, you know, seems to be helping Calvin, seems to be really wanting to support Calvin, but not the best at himself, who is not on the spectrum, showing these kind of personal skills. You know, his dad seems like he's quite a recluse himself and he's a single guy. They don't mention what happens to the mom doesn't come on, doesn't come into it. Um, but Calvin says he, he views his autism as a way to focus on one thing rather than be um, distracted. You know, he wants someone who is caring, smart, considerate. Um, he loves his dad he loves his single dad David they just share this small flat together they share a microwave meal together you know and it just seems like they, they have a nice little unit there you know but it just seems like it seems like two boys need a bit of a woman's touch or another you know or another man, yeah, another touch you know Calvin's dad doesn't seem like he's putting many cushions on the pillow you know, or cushions on the couch you know and I do mean I do mean cushions that's not some sort of like innuendo or anything like that that's literally like um you know, like just putting making the place look fancy, poncy, you know. Since Terry, since the third trimester of Terry's pregnancy and having our boy, uh, we've got ten pillows on the bed, ten, and not like some are small, like square, but like ten big rectangle pillows. We absolutely fleeced the in-laws. Anyway, um, he's all Kelvin's an incredible artist. He does his own anime stories, and he's a Photoshop whiz. And no, like they look good. I'd love to see what you have in the dirty drawer, though, Kelvin. You don't be drawing that. You don't be drawing women like that. And then not, you know, show me what's in the old dirty drawer there, Kelvin. I know, you know, send them on. Send them on. Get on deviant art there. Do you do commissions, Kelvin? Do you do hentai commissions? Me, Nala, my wife, uh, and um, Maddie's mom. Um, back to Maddie. Um, so Maddie is going on a first date. Um, and Mar- she's going on a first date with Mark. 
a little bit of a twist here where Mark actually becomes an integral character later on, but we don't know that at the time. Mark is mad into dinosaurs uh, and he likes Mongolian barbecue. He hates littering. Um, he says, I feel really excited and confident that I'm here. Um, she admits she's a bit nervous. Mark, you know, is another type of, you know, everyone. This is what's amazing about this show is that it really is, they're all completely, completely different. Like, you know, in, 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 in the scope, the scale, how the, the autism affects their communication, how, how, how you know, it's complete, every single person on this is completely different, but all falls under the, the spectrum. So it's actually fascinating to see. So first, Mark, um, it would be very, at first, I found it quite differ, difficult to differentiate him for someone who might not be on the spectrum. Um, but as he kind of went along and was saying things, it kind of sounded like everything he said sounded almost like learned and rehearsed. But then later, as I got to know him, it's like that is just literally the cadence of his voice and what he says. Everything is very specific. Um, and I suppose he just is very, um, he's very eloquent and, and not, um, and not particularly, doesn't really mince words, doesn't waste time, doesn't waste time on any kind of fluff, you know. Um, she's a bit nervous. He just seems like a classy guy. He pronounces the Italian perfectly. He says ravioli or whatever, you know. Um, he's into paleontology. She hasn't heard the word before. She's explaining it. So she's kind of looking at this being like, I'm quite intimidated by this guy. But when you kind of realize, I kind of would say that he, she would have the stronger communication skills. But at the time within this, you know, Mark... Just seems like a kind of cool, debonair kind of guy. He says, you look beautiful. That's a beautiful necklace. I wish this night didn't have to end, he said. I can't remember when I've had this much fun. You know, it does seem like, and he does say that again, I can't remember when I've had that much fun. And again, it's it sounds rehearsed, but I genuinely think he just doesn't, you know, doesn't fuck around with words. Anyway, it's a kind of a weird split of the bill. She says we should dine and dash. He doesn't get the joke. I kind of get the vibe she's not into him. But this will not be the last time they meet up. We go back to Kelvin. Kelvin and his dad. He's trying to learn uh, new uh, social skills. He's also meeting Jody, the adult relationship counselor. He says, shall we go to a party? Shall we go to? Shall we go for a party? He says. Um, meets Jody. He says, cool, it's you, Jody. Um, and Jody explains to us, the viewer, that there is no place on the spectrum where people are the same. And this is kind of where I'm getting the grasp of this. Um, and she says to Kelvin, who we realize, having seen, in comparison to Michael, explaining social skills and doing the drawings, she really has to repeat quite a lot. And she has to make sure that he is not just repeating what she's saying. She actually understands she has to draw stick men. She has to draw dialogue bubbles. She has to explain the importance of trying to find basic common interests and common ground um, in building a relationship, you know? And she says to him, she says to him, as well, as well with, with a single dad watching on, I had a little whimper where she goes, would you like to do hugs and kisses with someone? He goes, yes. And I looked over at Terry, and I was all like, I get to do hugs and kisses. You know what I mean? I get to do hugs and kisses with you. I'm not even concerned about dating. And this is not me rubbing anyone, anyone in the face, right? But I do like, you know, Literally, I'm in a I'm 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 in a partnership with someone, and I just can't you know you can't be taking that for granted for how difficult it is to meet someone in general, um, for how difficult it can be when you don't necessarily have the same level of communication skills, or when you both have to accept the fact that you are 
completely on a different place of the spectrum entirely where you're completely separate in your you know autism apparently where did i read this um yeah the term autism stems from the greek word autos meaning self so autism literally means alone you know so it's difficult enough to communicate so he, she says would you like to do hugs and kisses and he goes yes I'm like fucking absolutely calvin michael michael who that was scuba dog shit went on the date with amanda she well there was a bit too much she was into collecting toys. They decide it might be a bit better if it's less formal. They meet at Comic-Con. Uh, she's wearing all that crazy Sailor Moon shit. I don't know, all of that anime shit, you know. Um, you know, I am just having, you know. I, I, um, if you actually, if, if anyone has any really, really good anime, like really good anime, like Watchmen-level anime, you know, like, um, I don't know. Like, I'm just, then, then recommend it to me. I just can't be, you know. I can't be bothered with a lot of it, you know. Maybe Attack on Titan or something like that. Aside from that, and was it what's the other one? Angel Lead. What's that one? Angel Elfin Lead. Yeah, Elfin Lead. That was also recommended to me. Um, yeah, apart from them too. If anyone wants to recommend some anime, might give it a go. Um, anyway, sure. So the me of the Comic Con. Um, they're swanning around. It's going well. He gets a bit creeped out by Mike Mike Myers, Michael Myers. He gets a bit creeped out by Halloween. He buys her a doll that are based on the character she's dressed as. He's dressed as the Skipper from uh, from Gilligan's Island, which I haven't seen, but I'm familiar with it. Um, and he is desperate to see Dawn Wells. He believes Dawn Wells is the best woman alive, and she's not too pretty. Anyway, he gets to meet her. His face absolutely lights up. She, uh, Amanda, who he's on the date with, kind of isn't necessarily sure if she wants to meet up again, even though he bought her a toy. But I love that. She's like, nah, thanks for that, but I'm not fucking putting out, you know what I mean? Anyway, he goes, gets to meet the real Don Wells from Gilligan's Island at Comic-Con, and his face lights up. She gives him so much time, and um, he genuinely, I've never seen a man happier. Maddie, remember Maddie? So Maddie gets a call from the cool guy. I didn't think she was interested, but she seems to be interested now. The paleontologist, he invites her to the museum and a walk. And she goes, I didn't think you'd remember me. And he says, I'd never forget a beautiful face. She's playing it cool. He's playing it cool. Um, we cut back to Kelvin towards the end of the episode. He says, I have pictures of girls in my brain. Kelvin, draw the wildest shit. Just draw the wildest shit and send it to me. Kelvin's going on a date. And then we cut to the end. Episode three. So Maddie and Dr. Grant are going to the bloody uh, dinosaur museum. Now, he is no, he's no Dr. Grant. He's also no Ian Malcolm. He does not get the charm. She can't seem to get a word in. He is bombarding her with dinosaur info. He loves dinosaurs more than most things, you know. Um, he seems nice, though. He seems nice. And then he, sa he sa kind of says really nice things. He says... I tell you, that breeze is like Mother Nature giving you a kiss. And she goes, I never thought about anything like that. No? Uh, and then he goes, do you think if you met the perfect guy that you might want to get married? And, you know, she's like, look, mate, I just think we should be, look, you, look, you can't. I think we should be fucking friends. You can't. Uh, nothing wrong with being friends. That's the wonderful gift of life, he says. Um, but she just doesn't want it. The old lad picks him up, you know, and it's, you know. Yes, it went okay. We've got, we've become new friends, you know. 
Um, um, he meets he meets his mate. He meet uh, Mark. Then we realize from Mark's perspective, he's a new character now in this. He's meeting his mate. This chap seems super positive. They're having a good chat. Uh, his mate says, "Mark, what if she hates dinosaurs?" And Mark goes, <clears throat> "No way. No, no way." And then we meet meet Mark's dad. Mark's dad is like, "How far he's come." He says, "Apparently, Mark used to be really hyperactive, couldn't focus." Um, and how far he's come. And Mark's dad. I mean, come on. It's a, it's a chap in his 50s talking about his son crying. If that doesn't get you right there, then I don't know what will. Um, so Kelvin, back with Kelvin. Kelvin and uh, his dad, David, you know, uh, the, 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 the Asian guy, he wants to smell, he, he wants her to smell like orange juice. I want her to smell like orange juice or flowers, he says. Um, anyway, he meets, uh, goes for a date. He goes for... Which I thought, you know, but I, again, I this I'm I'm learning as I'm watching this. I they go to a teppanyaki restaurant, but like there's fucking fire going everywhere and they're chopping stuff off. I thought that might be a bit of a sensory overload, but that's what I very little I know about because Calvin seems to find it a bit more difficult to focus and to communicate and grasp English. Um, he doesn't hear a lot. He doesn't understand unless you say the word exactly for how it is. For example, he meets Jessica, who hates alcohol, hates Happy Birthday. She likes video games. Um, he when she says I'm into computers, she's like he's like if she doesn't say literally computer, she says computers, um, because she's a speech impediment. He doesn't know what the fuck she's saying. And the frustrating thing is he fucking loves computers. He loves computers. All he does is fucking spend all his day on the fucking computers making absolute browsers on paint. Um, and she goes, do you like video games? He goes, yes, but I don't. It seems like he hasn't heard what she said, so she takes out her switch to play Super Smash Bros. And she fucking decimates him. She absolutely decimates him. It's like, oh, you're not very good at video games. Um, and just these two can't communicate. They're finding it tough, you know? Um, and then he says something like, he says at the end, uh, you don't feel like loving me? And I'm like, fucking Kelvin, you're breaking my heart, man. You're fucking breaking my heart. You're the sweetest boy. But like, this is what's so frustrating. They're both into computers and they can't seem to communicate the fact that they love computers. They exchange numbers but it's a bit too much. Back to Maddie. Maddie and her hot mom do a rehearsal. Uh, she's an absolute specimen, and they have a lovely dynamic. Uh, they do a bit of a, a kind of a do rehearsal for the next date she's going to go on. Then it goes back to Mark. Mark is bowling. He's in a kind of a meeting in a group, uh, a group with other people who are on the spectrum. They're doing kind of bowling club. Um, they're having a chat. And this is something that, you know, not that I'm trying to fucking poke holes in Mark's game or anything like that, or trying to, <coughs> excuse me, unravel Mark and how he's able to communicate, but they're talking. He's chatting to this this girl, uh, pretty girl. Again, you know, she seems like she's quite comfortable communicating and talking. Um, and he's she's like um, she's like, what are your he's like, what are your interests? And she goes, oh, I like films. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I like films. And she goes, what films do you like? And he goes, what films do I like? Um, what films? Um, and he has a bit of an anxiety fit. He has to leave and kind of. He's like, mate, I just went blank there, you know? And he, you know, he seemed, it just kind of seemed like he'd been set up with rehearsal tips and it just, you know, to actually think and kind of play jazz with what you have to say. At the end of the day, he could have just thought maybe the movies that I say that I like have to define me. I mean, he said it before. He said Jurassic Park changed his life. So I don't know why he couldn't say that again. So he seemed a bit, you know. So Maddie is on a date. She's had, um, on her second date, things didn't work out with Mark. She's now on a date with Severin. 
Severin. Um, Severin seems like a nice guy. He's, he's you know, he's a big, he's a big, <clears throat> he's a wide boy. He's a wide boy. He's got a nice black shirt. You know, he looks like your man from the chase. He looks like one of the, whatever your man, the beast. Um, is it the beast? Fucking horrible name for your man on on the chase. He looks exactly like that. He play. Um, he uh, likes violin. Hates bananas. Right. Seems like a nice dude. Um, again. This lad does a big piece. He does a big show-off piece. Uh, he plays Skyrim on the piano. He, he basically, he's like, he's like, do you like video games? And the chat's going well. Like, he seems very comfortable, competent in holding the chat and picking up on vibes and, you know, getting jokes and getting humor and asking questions and quite quippy and stuff like that. He says, um, do you like video games? She goes, yeah. He goes, well, I've prepared something for you. You see that piano over there? And he plays fucking Sky, Skyrim. Uh, the theme from Skyrim. Foo, ro. Play Skyrim, but he gets so into it, like gets really swept up, and he's just banging the keys, getting really red faced. It reminded me of the time that I was having free drinks with my friend Robbie's gaff, and he had a big group there, and they were playing uh, Guitar Hero, and I was like, Ah, here, gives Do Hast there on Expert, and I fucking banged out Do Hast. Sweat and getting really excited, and then I finished it, and everyone was cheered, and it was one of the best experiences in my life. Um, so similarly, after that, like I couldn't really hold chat with anyone. I seemed to only want to talk about Duhast. People were like moving on. We were going out to a bar, and I was like, hmm. oh yeah, I believe Duhast. I have it at home, you know. Like oh, I was still buzzing off that. Similar vibe on this. That's the Ram the Ramstein song, Duhast. It was a guitar hero song, and I hit I absolutely perfected on expert, which is really hard. Like do 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 do. Anyway, um, he's buzzing. Doesn't even know what to do. Doesn't seem to know what to do. Uh, then we see a bit of a boot camp. This is a boot camp. Mark is there. Calvin is there. Um, and they're kind of learning some more kind of social skills. Um, you know, there. And Mark, he seems to be killing it. He seems to have an understanding of all this stuff. I think it's just a matter of time for this guy. Episode four. We meet Andrew. He does a James Bond impression. Um. Again, this guy seems really, you know, he's, he's you know, um, seems incredibly competent in his job. Uh, he loves cuddly bears uh, and he loves Ernie. He's got a little Ernie. I used to be like Bert collecting the bottle caps. This guy's Ernie. He's a tall ginger guy. In case you've seen him in the thing, that's the guy. Um, he does a very good crocodile Dundee. Call that a knife. This is a knife. But he is one of the lads who enjoys jigsaws, models, an incredible connects artist. Um and mad at the jigsaws and stuff like that. So again, this was kind of like, you know, you're a bit, you know, a bit too, you know, he'd be more, I would, you know, he's a bit more advanced than me with this sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, give me the give me the Marvel, give me the comics and stuff like that. Not to say one's more advanced than the other, but he's just, you know, he seems like a fucking genius, this guy, with, with his ability to build all this stuff. Um, so Andrew, he seems like a nice guy. He's minding his gaff while his parents are away. He seems very competent, very reliable guy. He seems like a nice guy. Um, but his communication, as we find out later, leaves, you know, he doesn't maybe grasp the difference between asking a load of questions and asking the right questions and honing in on expanding what people are talking about. We go back to Mark. Mark says he's never kissed a girl. He's never kissed a girl. Uh, he meets Lauren. Lauren um, seems to have a great sense of humor. She has um, cerebral palsy. Uh, she hates escalators and chickens. Um, and um, he lays it on again quite thick with the dinosaurs. But she likes it. She seems to like it. Um, and she go. He says, "Would you like to again has something big prepared? Again, showing me up in front of my wife. Um, they're going to feed the penguins together. 
She says she loves penguins because they walk like her. She's got a great sense of humor about the cerebral palsy thing. She asks him out for another date. And she asks for a hug. And they go on to, they want to go on another date. It's great. Uh, then we meet Liv. Olivia, Liv. She's 25. She loves cats uh, and is named all of her cats Duchess. And then uh, someone says, uh, is that cat also named Duchess? And she goes, no, it doesn't have a name because I hate that cat. She's really cool. She seems like a cool actor. Um, she's part of this um, this uh, theater group for people. She seems like she's living a life on her own. There's not much mention of her family. She also said she was diagnosed very late. Again, this is like a fucking recurring theme in this whole thing is, you know, people who are diagnosed very, women particularly, who are diagnosed quite late in life. Um, she also has a tick where she jumps around a lot when she seems overwhelmed. We haven't really seen people with the hyperactivity level. Um, this She would probably be the, the you know, I don't know if that's, I think that's one of the levels on the spectrum is, you know, hyperactivity uh, and an inability to focus. She also finds it very difficult to focus on people's chat. And she's very honest about it. Like, I fucking zoned out there, you can't. I couldn't fucking pay attention to what you were saying. Um, but she seems really, she seems really cool. Um, she seems like she has a great sense of humor about everything. Um, but again, just a completely different side of the spectrum. It's really interesting to see. Stuart, this chap who runs the theater company, seems like the fucking coolest guy ever. What a fucking great guy. She loves the theater. Andrew's parents come home, kisses his man on the lips. His dad gets emotional. Uh, he needs to stop kissing his man on the lips. You know, there's a, there's a time, you know, there's a cutoff. It's great. Look, it's great. But there's a time where it has to just be cut off. Um, we go back to Liv. Liv says she doesn't have a lot of confidence. Liv is, she has a, if you remember from the show, if you've seen the show, she's, you know, uh, in the theater company. She's got red hair. She's got glasses. She's very funny. She's very hyperactive. Um, she doesn't have a lot of confidence in herself. Um, she meets Christopher. Christopher seems like he's got an accent. Um, they seem like they have a lot of chemistry. He's funny. She's quite bantery. He seemed kind of super cool, you know, but this is no spark. I couldn't really, I mean, I suppose we'd only seen the other dates in terms of, you know, to, to base it on. But Christopher, he seemed like a really funny guy, you know, and quite kind of cool and suave and debonair. But she, uh, she, she wasn't feeling it. She wasn't feeling it. She said it was no spark. Oh no, he says. Sorry, he says there's no spark. But it seemed like there was, seemed like there was a good vibe. Seemed like, Chris, you let me down. There was a good vibe. Andrew, the tall ginger lad, is on a speed dating. Um, so they're sitting down. They're kind of like having conversations and stuff like that. You know, they have kind of cards that they can use to kind of base their chat. He doesn't really like any of the cards. You know, um, he doesn't seem to like any of the kind of questions. You know, a lot of people into Toy Story. A lot of people saying that their favorite film is Toy Story. And again, it's very interesting to see how people vary on the spectrum. Um, but he does meet someone, and um, Evie, and uh, they kind of hit it off. They start chatting about Toy Story, and maybe they might be going on a date. Watch this space. Olivia is meeting now Thomas. Thomas looks like a nice dude from like an '80s band. He's got like kind of quiffy hair. Again, it kind of doesn't seem, I, I'm finding it difficult. Maybe it's his hobbies, his interests. Uh, I'd say between him and uh, Thomas Guy and Tom, who was with Ruth, would probably be the two people who would be quite, seem quite difficult to kind of differentiate them from someone who is not on the spectrum. From from all the, 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 the social cues that they would give off. It doesn't kind of seem, he seems like, you know, um, he talks about his hair. He says he has a vigorous routine for his hair. She completely zones out. Uh, he says that's normal. That's fine. You know, it seems to be going well. She seems to be, you know, as lively as he is. Kind of buzzing off everything. They're dancing in the moonlight. He plan he plans like this dance in the moonlight. She thinks he's making fun of her. She gets quite 
defensive about that. He says, no, no, I'm so sorry if I, it seemed like that. She seems quite hesitant after that. It really seemed like, I mean, he was just kind of dancing around. She's like, you're making fun of my disability. And he's like, what? No, no, no. Um, doesn't seem to be able to reclaim the date back from that. That's, you know, when you get, you know, and I don't think he was, but, you know, it's a difficult one to get back from. Um, and they decide to chat online instead. Um, Andrew gets a message from Evie saying she was interested. He's very pleased. And Kean from behind the camera, gives him a high five. Episode five, Evie cancels. She's going through some personal stuff. And do you know what happens? Do you know what happens? Jody comes on board. Jody, the relationship counselor, comes on board. And she goes, do you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, bro. You can dwell on this. The reality is I don't think she felt that there was a connection. She goes, she lays on him. She's just not that into you. Like, without even giving any kind of courtesy, oh, maybe it was. She just, look, you need to be dating more. You need to be dating more. Don't worry about it. You're not going to find the person on the same go. Very brave. Then we meet Shanahi, Shanahi. Everyone's going to be Shanahi, Sharnay, and Jimmy. Sharnay and Jimmy, uh, these are already a couple. They are a couple. Um, the, she was snatched. She said she snatched him up at the job center. Um, they both have kind of, uh, he seems quite, very smart, very good with a Rubik's Cube, very good with kind of geometrical shapes. He's a pool master, pool shark. Um, they're a lovely couple. They're moving in. Sharon H seems more kind of like hyperactive and really giddy, um, but Jimmy seems more kind of recluse. She seems to bring a lot out of him. Like she has to almost coax him into being able to talk in the interview. They seem very beneficial for each other. He worships the ground she walks on. It's a lovely young relationship. And he was only diagnosed at 20 and is 21. And he looks like he's far further affected uh, by this. You know, I mean, maybe if people had known this earlier on, similarly to Lotus early on, maybe they would have had the facilities for him to better understand or, be, or uh, better understand, but feel more comfortable in these kind of social uh, in social environment. Andrew, anyways, having a chat with Jody. Obviously, they continue in the chat about Evie cancelling and everything like that. She says, don't just ask questions um, for, you know... Um, don't just ask questions. Trying to focus on the topic that people are talking about to get them to talk about it more. It's great. Jimmy is at the bar. He's showing off his pool skills, but he feels a bit weird. See, this is the thing you don't see. You thought Jimmy beforehand seems quite, you know, comfortable, but then there's too many people there in the pool tournament, and he's like, I don't know these people. This is very different. I don't feel comfortable doing the pool tournament. But there was a match on. The people leave, and then he absolutely fucking slaughters everyone. I reckon that Jimmy's an absolute shark, right? And I reckon what you're going to see is them ending up uh, just cancelling the tournament because Jimmy's going to win every week. Uh, Olivia, Olivia says, similarly to the definition of the word itself, autism is like being in a transparent box and not being able to fucking speak. Um... She meets Jackson, right? Jackson, who has a neck beard. They both live in Gosford. He seems super chill. He's like, I think you're really lovely. Um, and, you know, she's sweet. And, you know, it's, it's cute. It looks like it's going well. He gives her her jacket. He says he's a sucker for redheads. Um, and it's a good date. It's a good date. They seem to be getting on well. He just seems super chill. He laughs at things that she says. They seem to balance each other a bit more. The last guy... You know, bit of a schmoozer, although he seemed kind of perfect. She wasn't into that. The other guy before them wasn't into her. In this case, they seem like it going well. He asked for a number. They seem really nice. He does have a neck beard. We won't hold that against him. They seem to be getting on well. Jimmy and Sharnay, they're going on holidays to the Gold Coast. Jimmy has something planned. Again, show, fucking showing me up. Um, They roll around the flat. They're smitten, but then he gets a bit wound up. So it's these kind of moments where everything looks like it's going well for Jimmy until it's literally this, like, wall. And it's either there's too many people in the bar 
Um, I can't talk to these people right now. And in this case, it's navy socks. They get dolled up. She's wearing a lovely um, onesie kind of dress. Uh, he doesn't have navy socks. He's like, I need navy socks. I can't wear this without navy socks. And it's like, genuinely, and not, not to use this, you know, I don't use this, but it, it's he's repeating it a lot. Like, you see Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, which I don't know was was if it was good or bad for autism, is, is Dustin Hoffman in that. Um, I mean, it's an incredible performance, but I don't know if that is what people... It's because there's not enough um, diversity and because there's probably not enough representation of people who are on the uh, autism uh, spectrum. Uh, people probably think it's all Rain Man and it's all, you know, repeating the thing over and over again. But it, it look, you know, Jimmy's like, need Navy socks. No, 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 I need Navy socks. You know, are you upset about the Navy socks? Yeah, yeah, no, it's Navy socks. Just need to get Navy socks. And she goes, we'll get Navy socks. We're going to go out and get Navy socks now. And he's like, I need to get Navy socks. He seems really upset about it. He's on his Rubik's Cube. He's focusing on it. He seems quite anxious by the fact that he doesn't have the right color socks. It's just terrifying that anything like that, something so small and trivial for us, might be um, quite effective or quite could upend Jimmy's day like it has. Um, Andrew goes on a date with Carly. We, might have, we saw Carly previously going on, a, you know, the speed day thing with Michael. Didn't seem to be going well, but here it looks like it's going well. They're going, they're doing bulls. Now, to be fair, Carly has the smallest hands I've ever seen of anyone ever and probably wasn't the best idea for a date. Andrew was quite tall, but he has been quite good. He's showing her how to do it. He's explaining things. They're ex- exchanging dating history. You know, she was with someone. He mentioned the fact that he went on a speed date before. He's doing really well because he's asking questions. He's showing. He's perfectly explaining exactly how to roll the bull. Having something like that, you know, works well. Um, he said, if I had a hat on, I'd take it off. And look, it seems to be going well. It seems to be going well. Um, but outside of the bull's environment, the chat has just dried up. And it's, you know, it's, it's talking about a bit, a bit difficult. You know, they talk about their dream partners. They shake hands. You know, will they ever see each other again? I don't think so. I don't think so. But it was, you know, Andrew's getting better. They're all getting better, you know. We go back to Jimmy and Charnay, and I feel like they had to give us this. Do you know what I mean? Because as it turns out, everyone who was looking for love is still looking. Everyone. Uh, you know, no one was able to be fixed up. I mean, it's a fucking reality. You know, it's a TV documentary. You know, it's not the defining everything. It's essentially a couple of weeks in someone's life that's documented. It's not meant to define their entire life, but they are still looking. In this couple of weeks, they've not found someone since then in the last year. They've been on a couple of dates. But Jimmy and Charnay, he brings her up to a big hill on the Gold Coast. There's a guy with a piano. Again, he's fucking showing me up here. He sings a song on the mic. She cries. He proposes. It's a very happy ending. There's love to be found on the spectrum. We had Ruth and Tom. We had Jimmy and Charnay. And everyone else is still trying. Michael apparently is still dating. Kelvin is drawing a graphic novel. He now wants to join the Australian post office. Um, Olivia and Jackson decided to be friends. They're having a, hanging out as friends. Um, Michael's trying to be a voice actor. He's on a dating app as well. Um, and Maddie got a job in a doggy daycare. You know, uh, Tom and Ruth as well. They got married. They got really long hair. They live beside the railroad. He's delighted to be living next to the railroad. He even stops the interview in the middle of it so he can photograph a train going by. They seem happy. They all just seem super content. Um, and it's incredible. I thought it was a really good show. I thought it was a really good show. And it's very heartwarming. And it's not like it's like, you know, there's no pressure on anything. But I found it very interesting to see communication skills for people who are um, on different ends of the spectrum. And really what it takes to have a good date and have a good chat. This is not me calling anyone a fucking cunt of a child. This, I think, is a great show. And I highly recommend you watch it, even though I've spoiled the whole thing. 
So that's the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to listen to more, you certainly can. It's over on the Patreon. You can check it out. Tony Cantwell's Shit Show. Tony Cantwell's Hit Show. Patreon, um, where you can listen to more breakdowns of movies on my Movie Bake episodes. I do a ep- new episode every single week. Uh, four extra episodes a month for the equivalent of a price of a pint a month. And that's it. And you can listen to that there. If not, hey, I'm going to see you here next Tuesday for my Back to School special. It's the start of September. It's Back to School I got all the stories about going back to school and we'll talk about it next week. So for the best, for the best, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I love you and goodbye.